Welcome to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. I want you to go with me uh, to 2 Kings chapter 6. And I want to show you this tonight before we pray. Um, I truly believe that as we're fasting, as we're praying, the Lord is going ahead of us and he is canceling every trap, every obstacle, every plan of the devil that the enemy thought he could create to take us out. And as we just heard them sing, God's going to make every one of those plans fail in Jesus name. He's canceling the plans of the enemy, canceling the plans of the enemy. Uh, by the way, share the broadcast as you're jumping on. Second Kings six is an interesting passage because we see, um, Israel's enemies coming against them and, um, the power of God works on Israel's behalf through the anointing. Uh, I do want you to keep in mind that in the old covenant, um, the anointing, once again, did not reside within people, but it came upon people. So people couldn't be filled with the Holy Spirit like we can. And so as a result, um, they didn't have the same access to the Holy Ghost that we have currently. So what did they depend upon? Well, they depended upon prophets. They, they depended upon the prophets. And um, I want to show you this because as we look at this, um, we all have the same anointing that brought the word to the prophets in the Old Testament is now living in you. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, you have the ability to hear directly from the Holy Spirit. In fact, that'd be something great to put in your notes, uh, something great to put in the comments. I can clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I can clearly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you can. But in this new covenant, we all have access to that prophetic anointing. We can hear the voice of the Lord and we can uh, petition God for his power and see him move in each one of our lives. In the Old Testament, it was, it was a bit different. But can, can you imagine this? Here is a nation that is standing against God's people. An entire nation standing against God's people and planning to destroy them, take them out, and plotting, plotting to destroy them and take them out. But God had a prophet that was working on the behalf of his people. God had a prophet, and it was the prophet Elisha. Well, I'm going to read the story in a moment, but can I encourage you with this? There are still people who are plotting and planning against God's people. There are still those who have an antichrist spirit. There are still those who have a, a, a wicked agenda. And they're plotting and planning against God's people. But the same anointing that worked in the Old Testament, Old Covenant, is working right now. Power of God is still at work. Destroying the plans of the wicked. Destroying the antichrist agenda. And we have dominion over every wicked force that stands against us. Well, here they are in an Old Testament setting, 
And the, it is really, it's the king of uh, Syria that's standing against Israel. And as they plot and plan, I want you to see this. We're going to come in with verse 8. So we're in 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're going to jump in the verse 8. And that's where the story in this section starts. It says, once when the king of Syria was warring against Israel, he took counsel with his servants saying, at such and such a place shall be my camp. But the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware that you do not go past this place for the Syrians are going down there. That's a word from the Lord. That's a prophetic word from the Lord. He heard it. Verse 10, and the king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God told him. Thus, he used to warn him so that he saved himself there more than once or twice. So the word of the Lord, see, an evil king would come against and have these plans to destroy. You see that. But then God would speak to his prophet. And what would take place? He'd warn the king. And then as a result, the uh, leading of the Holy Spirit would protect uh, God's people over and over and over and over. Well, verse 11, the Bible says, and the mind of the king of Syria was greatly troubled because of this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me who is one, who of us is for the king of Israel? Notice that it was so accurate what the Holy Spirit was telling the prophet was so accurate that the king thought, there's a traitor in my inner circle. There is a traitor in my inner circle. That's what he thought, but it wasn't. And that's what they answered him. Look at that. Uh, verse 12, and one of his servants said, nobody, my Lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who's in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. Whew. I mean, accurate. He even tells the king the things that you speak in your bedroom. Oh, verse 13. And he said, go and see where he is that I may send and seize him. It was told him, behold, he is in Dothan. So he sent their horses and chariots and a great army and they came by night and surrounded the city. So let me, let me stop right there. Notice this. The king even realized once he knew what was going on, oh, they've got a prophet who hears from the Lord. Isn't that funny? I always thought this is funny that like when you read this story, this is a pagan, wicked king. But I always thought it was funny that when one of his men tells him they've got a prophet who is hearing from the Lord and telling the king everything that you say, even in your bedroom. The king didn't go, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. <laughs> I always thought that was funny. This wicked pagan king, he didn't go, you know, I don't believe in the prophetic anointing. You know, I don't believe in, in Jehovah God. You know, I don't believe in that. You know, I, you know, I don't believe in the supernatural realm. He didn't say that at all. In fact, you can tell from what the king is saying, he very much believes in it. He very much believes believes in it. And he said, oh, if that's the case, if they've got a prophet who is telling the king everything I'm saying and exposing all my plans, then I'm going to have to seize the prophet first before I can destroy the nation. There's a principle. There is a principle. 
in order to destroy you, the devil would have to destroy the anointing. That's an encouraging thought. Put that in the comments. In order to destroy me, the devil would have to destroy the anointing. Hallelujah. To just come in and take you out. If the de- don't you think if the devil could kill you right now, he would? He hates you. He hates you. Now, I'm not talking about people that choose to be martyred and all that. I'm not going down that road. I'm talking about if the devil who hates us, he, he, he wants to kill. He wants to destroy every last one of us. Don't you think if he could just kill us at will, he would? If the devil had the power to kill every believer, he would do it right now. He'd take you out. He'd move all of us out of the way so that he could have global control. But isn't it interesting to you? We're still here. You're still here. I'm still here. The devil cannot just take us out. He doesn't have the ability to just come in and take us out. If he could destroy us, he would have done it already. He doesn't have the authority. So look, even in the Old Testament setting, look what the king said, this wicked anti-God king. Oh, if they've got a prophet, then I need to go and seize the prophet and try to destroy him so that I can then destroy God's people. See, that is, I got to move the anointing out of the way in order to get to God's people. That's his plan. His plan was not, I don't believe in the anointing. He's like, oh, I believe in it. Let's go move it out of the way. That's pride. Thinking that you're going to be able to move God's man out of the way. So they surround the city at night. They surround the city at night. And the Bible says in verse 15, and when the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, alas, my master, what shall we do? Notice the servant was still seeing with natural eyes, not the prophet, the servant. Hmm. Let me encourage you with with this because God is canceling the plans of your enemy, but put this in your notes, put this in the comments. Don't look at your situation through natural eyes. Don't look at your situation through natural eyes. Everybody needs to hear this tonight. We walk by faith and not by sight. You heard, you heard what I said earlier. When you walk by faith, you fly. When you walk by sight, you sink. When you walk by faith, you fly. When you walk by sight, you sink. So put it in the comments. Don't look at your situation through natural eyes. You cannot do that. You cannot do that. Don't look at your situation through, well, how should you look at it then? Through spiritual eyes. Put everything through the filter of God's word. Put everything through the filter of God's word. God's word gives you supernatural vision. Hallelujah. God's word gives you supernatural vision. And here the prophet spoke a word, right? Because back then they didn't have the full word of God yet. They weren't carrying Bibles around. They had some of the word, but not all the word. And so the prophet spoke a word. And notice this. He spoke up, verse 17. uh, Actually, let's read verse 16 first. And he said, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Hallelujah. Those who are with us are more 
than those who are with them. So let me give you the breakdown here. The, the servant first looks through natural eyes. Then the prophet speaks regarding what he sees with spiritual eyes. Servants still can't see it. I'm sure he's looking at the prophet going, what in the world are you talking about? There's more with us than there are with them. What the, I'm looking, all I see is our enemies. All I see is our enemies out there. What do you mean? What do you mean? And so you know what happens? The prophet prays a prayer. In verse 17, and Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Glory to God. See, I'm reading from the ESV for those that are wondering, the English Standard Version. Uh, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? First, the servant looks through natural eyes and speaks fear. Then the prophet speaks faith. Why? Because he can see into the supernatural realm. Then he prays for the servant and says, Lord, open his eyes so he can see what I see. Oh, yeah. And then his eyes are opened. And he sees exactly what the prophet was talking about as he looked with spiritual vision. Oh, yeah. There's more with us than there are with them. Glory to God. There's more with us than there are with them. There's more with us. I'm still declaring that to you in 2023. There's more with us than there are with them. There's more. You can't even see it, but there's angels working on your behalf. There's angels that God has dispatched through the earth. Hebrews chapter one tells us that angels are just ministering spirits that are sent forth to minister on behalf of those who have inherited salvation. That's you. That's me. There are angels that are activated by God's word as he speaks. One passage of scripture says angels are carrying out God's pleasure in the earth, his will, his pleasure. Angels are carrying them out. And so literally when God has a word over you, when God has a purpose on your life and you access that will by obedience and faithfulness, angels are being sent out on your behalf. Not only are they ministering to you, but they are moving things out of your way by the power of the Holy Ghost. They're protecting you by the power of God and they're doing what God sends them to do. I remember hearing the story that uh, there was a, a man of God that used to, um, my grandfather knew him and he was a missionary for a period of time overseas I've shared this story with you before, but man, is it something to shout about? And he's in a nation that is very hostile to the gospel. And one night they were having a prayer meeting in their compound and uh, they didn't know what was going on. But the next day, a, a group of men from their local town came up to the compound and a whole, this whole group of men comes up and says, we would like you to pray with us. We want to be saved. We want to receive Jesus as our savior. Now, these were the same men that were hostile to this missionary that my grandfather knew just days before. And so he was interested. And he, of course, he prayed with them and got them saved. But he said, what changed your mind? What changed your mind? Why did you decide to come up here and pray the prayer of salvation? They said, well, last night we came up here to kill you. And they, came, they had come up to the compound. They had weapons in their hands. 
Who knows what they had? Blunt weapons, machetes, who knows? They came up there with weapons to kill not just the missionary, but the people of God that were on the compound. They said, but as we came up the hill toward the compound, we saw two men standing outside your compound, dressed in bright white with flaming swords, standing, huge men standing outside the gates with flaming swords. And when we saw that, we turned around and ran back to the town, ran back to our homes. Now the people who were praying in the compound, they had no idea what was going on, but you know what was taking place? God, by his power, was canceling the plan of their enemies. God was canceling the plan of their enemies. Men were coming to kill, but God had other plans. He had plans to protect. He had plans to bless. And then he had plans to bring those men into the kingdom of God as new believers. Hallelujah. And so I'm telling you, as we press into God's presence, as we seek his face, as we get into his word, God is going out ahead of us and canceling the plans of the enemy so that whatever the devil thought he could use to destroy your life, family, business, ministry, it will fail in 2023 in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I want to declare that again for the faithful as we're pressing in every plot and plan of the enemy that was sent against you to destroy you will fail in 2023 in Jesus wonderful name. Every plan against the church at large, the devil won't be able to stop the church. In fact, we're stepping into one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. One of the greatest souls are getting ready to come in at an unprecedented rate. It's going to be something that people will marvel when they see it. Revival is going to sweep through this nation in Jesus mighty name through every one of the 50 states and the minor outlying territories. Say, why do you say that? I'm not leaving out places like Puerto Rico and other places. I'm not leaving them out. God is going to touch even the islands by the power of his Holy Spirit. And we'll see a mighty revival. Canada is getting ready to see a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Though the, the devil thought he could shut down the move of God in Canada, he will not shut it down. God's blowing his breath in Canada. God's blowing his breath in Europe. God is blowing his breath through the continent of Africa and Asia and Australia. God is blowing his breath and we will see a move of the Holy Ghost before Jesus comes back. It's going to be amazing. Oh yeah, there's people, their hearts will grow cold. There are some who will fall away from the faith. But you know what we say on this broadcast as the Victory Tribe, that'll never be our story in Jesus' name. That'll never be our story in Jesus' name. We're not getting colder, we're getting hotter. <laughs> we're not getting colder, we're getting hotter in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Ghost. We're not, get, we're not falling away, we're getting closer. We're getting closer in Jesus' mighty name. That's it. That's exactly right. God is moving by his spirit. Why? The anointing is going ahead of us and canceling every plan of the enemy. Once my uncle, Tiff Shuttlesworth, that's my cousin Jonathan's father, he was preaching in India. And as he was preaching in India, they had already told him we're in a section of India where the locals are also very hostile to gospel preaching and to these Christian crusades. And they said, so, you know, of course, you got to be careful and all this stuff. And so went in. And as he's preaching, uh, he said, looking out over the field, I put this in my book, Blood on the Door. As he was looking over the field and preaching, 
there was a yell from the crowd. Of course, it's dark on those fields. A yell and a man came running at my Uncle Tiff, holding a weapon in his hand to try to you know, fight him or whatever. And he said, man, I saw that guy coming. He said, I, I braced myself. You know, my Uncle Tiff's not a small man. He's, he's stout. He could take him on. So he planted his feet. And he said, I don't care what happened. If I got to handle this myself, I'm going to handle it myself. And he said, I heard the Lord say, as that man was running at me, I heard the Lord say, uh, just keep on preaching. Just keep on preaching. So rather than focus on that man, he just kept on uh, preaching the word, even though the man was running right down the aisle at him. He just kept on preaching. And as that man came close, he said, when he got within, what, about 30 feet of me or so, he said, it looked like an invisible figure was standing in front of him with a shotgun. And as he was running at me, he said, it looked like somebody unloaded a shotgun blast into that man's stomach. And he flew backwards, even though his momentum was carrying him forward from running, that he hit that thing, what looked like an invisible wall, and it threw him backwards onto the ground, and he looked like he was unconscious on the ground, just laying there. And so my Uncle Tiff kept on preaching and kept on preaching. And then a second yell came out of the crowd, and another man came from another direction, running with a weapon to take my uncle out. And he said right when he got to about the place where the first man got, he hit the same thing, boom. And when he did, he flopped backwards and hit and piled on top of the first man. And they're laying there in the center aisle, knocked out on the ground, just out cold. And he said, I kept on preaching and I kept on preaching. And then he said, a third yell. This is how dumb the devil is, he keeps sending. He said, a third yell came. He heard the man coming. And a third man with a weapon in his hand came running at him. And he said, when he got to about where the first two got, boom, same thing hit him, flew back and landed in a pile on top of the other two. And nothing could stop him. Nothing could take him out. And they laid there on the ground of that crusade field, unconscious, incapacitated. My uncle didn't have to swing a fist. He didn't need armed security to take them out. He had the power of the Holy Ghost making their plans fail by the power of the, uh, that's a, really the greatest power in the universe, the Bible says. And so watch this now. This is so wonderful. As he's standing there preaching, God wins three battles right in front of his face. <laughs> Hallelujah. One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. I mean, laid them out flat. Laid them out flat and couldn't stop the move of the Holy Ghost. Couldn't stop it. I don't know if you know the story or not, but there was a man. Many of you have heard of the uh, preacher, Pastor John Hagee, who pastors in San Antonio, Texas. And of course, his son, Matt Hagee, is there as well. Uh, I'm sure doing more and more of the preaching. But Pastor John Hagee, uh, very well known in our nation and other nations, while he was preaching in a service, a man walked right down the center aisle of the church with a weapon in his hand. I'm talking about a gun. And he pointed the gun at the pulpit while Pastor Heggie was preaching. I don't know if you've ever heard this story. And he began to fire bullet after bullet at Pastor Heggie. And every shot that he fired missed Pastor Heggie. Every shot unloaded the whole gun. And every shot missed Pastor Heggie. Well, when the police later came, and the forensics team was checking out the attack, they went, and I don't know if you've ever seen how they do this, but they can actually set up a spot 
where they know where the assailant was standing and they'll sometimes run those threads or cords where the assailant was standing to where the bullet hole is in the drywall or to where somebody was shot. And they ran those uh, threads. They could see the path of the bullets that came out of that man's gun from where he was standing. Do you know what the miracle was? Several of those bullets should have, on their, on their flight path, should have passed through Pastor Hagee's body. They would have gone right through the path of where he was standing at the pulpit. But not one of those bullets hit Pastor Hagee. And of course, st- still alive, not dead, shot to death in his pulpit. I don't know if an angel had to stand there and make that bullet go around Pastor Heggy, but the bullet holes in the wall behind him showed that they should have passed through his body. But you know why they couldn't? It's because while he was in the midst of his purpose, God made that attack fail. God made that attack fail. God canceled the enemy's plans. Hallelujah. God canceled the enemy's plans by the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to you tonight because I want you to expect this all of 2023 and beyond, that no matter what the devil has planned against your life, remember what Paul wrote to the Roman church. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. If God is for you, tell me who can be against you. Thank you, Jesus. If God's on your side, I don't care how big the attack looks. I don't care how big the weapon is. I don't care. It wouldn't matter if nations stood against you. If God said you're doing it, you're doing it. Doesn't matter. It does not matter. God is working on your behalf. And then remember this. Remember this now. That as the enemy tries to do what he tries to do, you hold in your hand the shield of faith. Remember that. You hold the shield of faith. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. We'll come back to 2 Kings 6 in a minute. But I want to touch on Ephesians 6. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at this now. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, glory to God, which, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. There it is. Hallelujah. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the fiery darts. I want you to put it in the comments in all capital letters, all, A-L-L. Put it in right now. Type it up. Put it in. When you take up the shield of faith, you can quench all, you extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. 
Not some of them. Not a few of them. Not most of them. You hear some preachers preach, you think, they think, well, you know, if you stay faithful, you know, God will help you in most areas. You hear some people, it's like, oh yeah, most of the attacks will fail, but you know, every now and then you got to learn how to just go with, go with the flow and you got to learn how to make lemonade from lemons and you got to roll with the punches. No, all shield of faith. But notice, notice the command there. What is the command? The Bible says, and take up, take up the shield of faith. That means that we have a responsibility to take up the shield of faith. It's not just automatically up, you put it up. It's just like if you were in battle as a soldier. You wouldn't wouldn't immediately be holding your shield up. You have to hold it up. The army, now think about this. The military that you serve may have provided you with a shield. They may have provided you with a sword, but you still got to swing the sword and you've still got to hold up the shield. That's your responsibility. They provided it to you but you got to hold it up. They gave you the sword, but you got to swing it. And it's the same in the body of Christ. I've got a shield called faith, but I got to hold it up. Oh yeah. I've got to hold it up. So when the enemy tries to attack you, I don't care how many things he launches. And, and, And here's the other thing. It doesn't say anything about how big the attack is. Well, that's a big fiery dart. That's a small fiery dart. The size of the dart doesn't matter. Bible says nothing about the size of the dart because we judge things. That's a big deal. That's not that big of a deal. I can deal with that. I can't deal with that. Bible doesn't make any mention of the size of the attack. He just said, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all. (laughs) Hallelujah. You can extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And so I want you to hear this. When you've got, and I'm I'm telling you, as you're listening to me tonight, just like the Bible says, faith is being built in your heart once again. Faith is being built in your heart once again. And as faith continues to rise, guess what? Faith comes by hearing. So the more faith you have, the more you can hold up. Glory to God. But you know what? Jesus said, even if you have faith, the size of a grain of mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain, tell it to move, speak to the mountain, tell it to move. You can have great faith. And I know many of you uh, personally, and you have great faith. I know many of you, and you're not, you don't doubt God. You say, well, I don't know if he can do this one. I'm really hoping he can. No, no. I know many of you personally, and you're people of faith. Glory to God, you're people of faith. That means you can lift the shield up. Lift the shield up and extinguish every attack, every fiery dart of the devil. Doesn't Not going to stick in you, not going to burn you up, not going to touch you. It's not going to take your family out. It's not going to take your body out. It's not going to take your ministry out. It's not going to take your business out. Lift up faith and extinguish every fiery dart. Glory to God. I see my friend, Pastor Terry Drost. I love you. I'm telling you, God is canceling the plans of the wicked over your life in 2023. Now, that's not automatic. It's not coming on everybody. It's coming on the faithful, those who are pressing in. That's who we're talking about. The Bible, and I quoted this verse of scripture to you. The Bible is very clear in uh, 2 Chronicles 16. Who, who is God showing himself strong and mighty on their behalf? Those whose hearts 
are loyal to him. Glory to God. The eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro across the whole earth. Who? For people whose hearts are loyal to him, faithful to him, turn toward him, on whose behalf he will show himself strong and mighty. When God shows himself strong and mighty on your behalf, every attack is canceled. Every wicked plan, every wicked plot. You know how good it is? Let me share this with you before we do any praying tonight. Um, Let me tell you how good it is. The Bible says wicked men in the earth make plans. They make evil plans. But God throws his head back and laughs. For he knows their day of judgment is coming. Evil men make plans, but God throws his head back and he laughs. He laughs in heaven. He laughs. I I said that a a few nights ago. I said, can you imagine? Isn't that right? Can you imagine the booming laughter of God echoing through heaven as he laughs at his enemies, as he laughs at the wicked, as he laughs at the devil. Devil thinks he's going to win. Wicked people think they're going to succeed, think they're going to triumph. No. God throws his head back and he laughs. He laughs, he laughs, he laughs. He's laughing at your enemies. He's laughing at every plan of the devil against your life. God's laughter is ringing through heaven even now. These antichrist people, these globalists that think they're going to shut the church down and shut down the supply lines and everything else, it's a laughing stock. God's going to make them a laughing stock. He's going to uncover their plans, expose them, and throw a wrench in the works and destroy every plot and plan until we're out of here. We have dominion. Until we're out of here, we've got dominion. I, I, I was in a place in my ministry, and we'll get prayed, it will pray in a moment. I'm going to make, I'm going to give you an announcement tonight. So hang on just a second, because I, I got to give you an announcement. But let me just say something. Uh, I was in a, a, a place where it probably lasted a year. It might have, it might have lasted a little more, maybe a year and a half, where every single, it was in 2020 and beyond. I think it was all of 2020 after March into 2021. Every single church that I went to, the Lord said, when you get there, when you're in your first service of that meeting, do not preach a message. He said, give them, and and by that he meant don't preach a sermon. He said, give them a message from me. Give them a message from me. And he had me go to Isaiah chapter three every time. Many of you were in these services. Every time I'd stand in a pulpit for the first time in that meeting, he'd say, open to Isaiah three and give them a message from me because everybody was in, you know, confusion. They didn't know. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what was coming down the road. And there were many people that a spirit of fear was trying to attack them. Heaviness, confusion, depression, everything. And the Lord said, just read them one verse. It was actually two verses. Read them two verses. And this is the, this is the verses he'd have me go to every time. Isaiah 3, 10 and 11. You ready? And I'd say, get ready. Here's the word from the Lord. And I understand the context was to Judah and Jerusalem and all that. I get that. But he was saying, same thing I said to them, I'm saying to my people now. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit of their deeds. Glory to God. Let me read that again. Tell the righteous that it shall be well with them, for they shall eat the fruit 
of their deeds. That means if you were operating in righteousness, faithfulness, diligence, you're going to reap the reward and eat the fruit of your deeds. But look at verse 11. Woe to the wicked. It shall be ill with him. For what his hands have dealt out shall be done to him. Woe to the wicked. Woe to the wicked. You know, if you don't know this, people would ask the question, why did, why did uh, the translators of newer Bible translations like, like the ESV, why did they leave words in like woe? That seems like such an old term, woe unto the wicked. And I read a commentary one time that the reason that these Bible translators of newer translations left the word woe into the translation is because it was such a heavy pronouncement uh, in a derogatory sense. It was such a heavy judgment pronouncement on those that received it. There's not really an English phrase or word that is as heavy as that. So they just left it as it was because we don't really have a phrase or a word that's as heavy and severe as woe, <laughs> woe to the wicked. It was, a, it, was, it was the most severe derogatory judgment uh, that could be proclaimed against anybody. That's why even Jesus said, woe unto you, talking about the cities that he was ministering to that were extremely wicked and unbelieving. And he said, if the same miracles that had been done in you had been done in Chorazin and Bethsaida, two notoriously unbelieving, wicked cities. He said they would have repented and turned from their ways by now and believed. And I tell you, it'll be worse for you on the day of judgment than it is for those cities, Jesus said. But notice what he said, woe unto you. Talking about the cities that would not receive him. Woe unto you. For if these same miracles happened in these unbelieving cities, they'd have believed. And so Jesus, and they leave that phrase in there, woe unto you. That's how it'll be with the wicked. Woe unto them. Heaviest judgment pronouncement that could be. They, look what the Bible says, it will be ill with them what their hands have dealt out. Corruption, violence, manipulation, all these things. It will be done unto them. But what are we going to say to the righteous? Uh, tell the righteous, it'll be well with them. Glory to God. They will eat the fruit of their deeds. Thank you, Jesus. That's going to be your story in Jesus' name. <laughs> I feel the joy of the Lord on that. That's going to be your story in Jesus' name. That's going to be your story. You'll have testimonies in your hand. Many of you already do. I'm getting them on Facebook. I'm getting them via text. Many of you already do. Glory to God. And as we press in, that's what we're doing. We're pressing in. We're pressing in. It's going to be powerful. It's going to be absolutely powerful. I want to say this, then we're going to, then we're going to pray together right now. But starting tomorrow, we're going to give you the opportunity. For those of you that are part of the Victory Tribe, you want to join us. Um, we are launching, that was, uh, Amber, that was Isaiah chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Isaiah 3, 10 and 11. Um, for those of you that are interested, you don't have to inquire. If you're not interested, you're not interested. But for those that are, those that are connected with this ministry, those that are a part of the, uh, of the victory tribe, I know who, who the faithful people are. We're going to give you the opportunity. Tomorrow, we are launching two separate prayer groups 
There's going to be a men's prayer group that we're going to have on a weekly basis via Zoom. And there's going to be a women's prayer group that we're launching on a weekly basis via Zoom. And we're going to be praying for Miracle Word Church. We're going to be pressing in as we're moving forward. And I know there's many of you, you're, you're very connected to this ministry. You're very connected to what God's doing. Many, some of you are moving here. You're, you're decided to connect yourself with Miracle Word Church. And so we're asking you to join us. We're not going to do anything without the power of prayer behind it. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. And we want you to be a part of that. So starting tomorrow. Now, if you're joining me for the morning broadcast in the morning, we will have, uh, we will have forms online on the website that we'll direct you to where you can sign up to be a part of, uh, respectively, the men's uh, prayer group or the women's prayer group. And each of them uh, will be led each week. We'll have a prayer group leader um, that, we, that we will have. Uh, we already have, um, the Lord put in my spirit, uh, our friend, Brother Glenn Karam, uh, who's in New Hampshire, and uh, a wonderful man of God, a man of the word, a man of prayer, a man of faith. And I asked him, uh, I told him, the Lord put him in my spirit, and so I'm going to be there with you, uh, all except for if there's any nights where I'm in revival services, those will be the only nights that I won't be in there, but I'll be with you. And uh, Brother Glenn's going to help by leading that group, and we're going to pray. We're going to put prayer points together. We're going to pray and believe God for open doors and favor, properties, souls to be saved, breakthroughs in the city, and we're going to join our faith together. And we're going to pray for your family, and we're going to pray for uh, everything that God's doing in your life. We're coming together, men, and we're going to pray. We're coming together, ladies, and we're going to pray. And so uh, starting tomorrow morning, you will have the ability to begin to sign up to be a part of these prayer groups via Zoom. And then next week, next week, the first uh, prayer group meeting will start, and then weekly from there. So starting next week, and, and men, I already know for us, and then uh, ladies, I'll let you know very soon, but I know men for us, it's going to be on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock p.m. Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., we're going to get on the Zoom call together and we're going to pray. Ladies, we'll give you the full details uh, with that tomorrow. So, um, but we're going we're to pray. We're going after this because we, I refuse to sit back and let the devil do whatever he wants in our generation and in the United States of America and in our children and grandchildren. I refuse. I'm going to press in and ask God to intervene. I'm going to press in and ask God to open the windows of heaven over this country and whatever country you may be watching from or listening from. And we're going to pray. And we need to come together, as I just taught a few nights ago, with the prayer of agreement. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put 10,000 to flight. And so I want you to respond on this. I want you to be there. Uh, and so when you sign up, uh, we will be able to text you and we're going to text you the link to the Zoom meeting. And uh, if you don't have a Zoom account, uh, start a Zoom account. Start one tonight. And uh, when you sign up, uh, we're going to give you the link. We'll text it to you uh, and we'll, t we'll give you all the details uh, of, of how it's going to move forward. But we're going to be doing it on a weekly basis and I want you to be a part of it. I'm believing God. It's not just for the launch of the church. It's beyond that. It's for the ministry that God's given us. God's raising up. See, the Victory Tribe is not an accident. The fact that we're together, 
brought together by covenant is not an accident. God has put us together. I know we're in different states and we're some of us in different countries and, and, and we're going to, but God has brought us together on purpose in covenant for such a time as this. God's raising up an army in the United States of America and we will not be quiet. We will not be silenced. We're stepping out by faith. God's going to use every one of us to see a change before Jesus comes. And so I wanted to just give you a, a kind of a preview uh, tonight of what we're getting ready to launch tomorrow. And uh, we'll give you all the details with the website and the sign-up forms tomorrow. But I wanted you to get ready for that because it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And we want you to be a part of it. Amen. I want to pray now. Take this time to pray in these last moments of the broadcast. Join your faith with me. Let's press in and ask God to do big things. So Father, as we heard from your word tonight, and as we've set our faith tonight for these things, we ask you now for us, your eyes have found us faithful. Your eyes have found us diligent and loyal to your word and loyal to your kingdom. So Lord, as your word declares that you're going out finding us, those of us that are faithful, our hearts turn toward you. We thank you that even right now, before the fast ever comes to an end, you're showing yourself strong and mighty on our behalf in Jesus' name. We ask you to go out ahead of us, make every crooked place straight, remove every obstacle from our path, destroy every weapon that the enemy formed against us, every trap that would pull us out of our purpose, every snare that would try to hinder us in fulfilling our purpose in the kingdom. We ask you, Lord, to destroy every one of those things. Lord, as the enemy thought, he could put plans together to destroy the church and the move of the spirit in this nation and around the world. We ask you to buy your spirit Go ahead of us and preemptively, before we ever have it launched against us, preemptively destroy every demonic force that was standing against the move of your spirit in our families and children, in our churches, in our businesses, in our ministries. Lord, destroy it by the power of your mighty spirit. Do it and take all the glory for it in Jesus' name. Lord, we know if David could ask for these things in the old covenant, we thank you that we can ask for them in the new covenant. And so, Lord, we, we stand up in faith like David did. And we pray. We pray that you would vindicate the righteous in Jesus' name. Just like David wrote in the Psalms, Psalm chapter 3. Uh, and your word declares this. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God. For you strike all my enemies on the cheek. And you break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your blessing be on your people. And so, Lord, we pray that same thing. Destroy every plan of attack of every wicked antichrist individual and entity that stands against the church. Anything that's holding back revival, anything that's holding back kingdom advancement, we ask you to go send warring angels that will go out and strike down every demonic force. Lord, even those 
that have crept into churches, snuck into churches to try to do evil, corrupt things behind the scenes. Those that have come to steal from churches. Those that have come to embezzle from churches. Those that have come to cause problems in churches. Those that have come to divide churches. Those that have come to even destroy church properties. We rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. Arise, O Lord and scatter your enemies. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Lord, that his smoke is driven away by the wind. So are the wicked being driven away from our lives in Jesus' mighty name. As wax melts in the fire, we thank you that even the wicked shall perish before God. As your word declares in Psalm 68 and verse 2, as smoke is driven away, so shall you drive them away. As wax melts before fire, so the wicked shall perish before God. Lord, not the, not the unbeliever. We ask you to give us their soul for the kingdom. Let them hear the gospel. Let them come into the kingdom. Let them be saved. But I mean the wicked, Lord, those that knowingly are standing against, they know the truth, they reject the truth, and now they're actively and demonically fighting against the truth. Remove them by your power. Move them out of our way and give us access to souls. Give us access to the lost. Give us access to the unsaved. And let this be a year of unprecedented soul winning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Give us an urgency. Give us a fire to reach the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give us a boldness to say what needs to be said. Father, give us an urgency. Give us that eternal mindset, knowing that the end is coming soon, that the end is drawing near, that Jesus Christ is coming. And then, Lord, give us a compassion for the lost. Give us a love for the dying. Give us a love for the hurting in Jesus' wonderful name. We ask you to do it. Let this be our year to see loved ones come into the kingdom. Let this be the year to see our family members turned around. There's many of us, Lord, that are believing for family members to be totally transformed by the power of the gospel. Lord, I take authority over every lying spirit that has brought deception to our loved ones, that has made them believe a lie. We cast that deception down in Jesus' name. We ask you to open their eyes, strip the blindfold off of their eyes, remove the deception that causes them to believe something that is untrue, and let the truth of your word shine into their spirit, shine into their hearts in Jesus' name. Lord, those that have been connected to our loved ones, that are relationships formed by the devil, people sent by the devil to keep our loved ones in bondage, I pray that those relationships would come crashing down, would come to a quick end, would screech to a halt in Jesus' name. Father, I pray they'd lose every one of our loved ones' numbers, that they'd be cut off from relationship from our loved ones in Jesus' name. Every person the devil thought he could use to keep our loved ones in bondage, Lord, remove them from their lives. I don't care if they have to move for a job and go to another state or get angry and get in a fight with our loved ones and separate from them, whatever it has to be, remove them from relationship with our loved ones and friends. And Lord, I pray you'd quickly bring them into the kingdom of God. Let this be a year of unprecedented evangelism. Let souls be saved in mass. 
I thank you, Lord, for it. Lord, every attack against our physical bodies that has been sent for 2023, everything the devil thought he was going to do to our flesh, to the organs of our body, to our blood, to our eyes, ears, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. We call every attack canceled by the power of the Holy Ghost. Healing virtue flows through our bodies and flows through our families. The law of life in Christ. We thank you, Lord, that the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in us now and quickens our mortal body. We thank you. No evil thing can come near our dwelling place, but you're setting up a hedge of protection around us. And you are Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals us, the God that restores us. Hallelujah. And so not one physical attack will come against us in 2023. It is thwarted by the hand of God. Not one physical attack will take us out. Tragedies, accidents, calamity will not take us out in 2023 in the wonderful name of Jesus. For your hand of protection is around us. You've sent your angels to protect us in Jesus' name. And we thank you that there'll not be one accident, one tragedy, one calamity that will not only not affect us, but will not affect our children, will not affect our grandchildren and our loved ones and our friends in Jesus' name. Put that hedge of protection around us, Lord, and keep us from every wicked thing. I don't care if it's the violence of some unregenerated person. We'll not be, we will not be the target of terrorist attacks in 2023 in Jesus' name. They will not find us mugged and stuffed in a dumpster somewhere. They'll not find us shot in an alley. They'll not find us stabbed in a restaurant. They'll not find our children overdosed in a crack house. They'll not find us at the scene of the crash in Jesus name. It's not our story in Jesus name. And so that's not, that's not what will come to pass for us. No, we are divinely protected in Jesus name. We are divinely protected by the power of your mighty right hand, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you for that. Lord, every attack being launched against people's minds, it comes to nothing. It comes to nothing in Jesus' name. Where there was depression, joy comes. Where there was fear, peace comes. Where there were suicidal thoughts, deliverance comes in Jesus' name. Every addiction that the devil thought he would use to keep us in an invisible prison, it comes to an end. I take authority over nicotine addiction, alcoholism, drug addiction, porn addiction. I take authority over prescription medication addiction in Jesus' name. Whatever thing the devil thought he would use, it comes to an end quickly tonight in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are canceling the plans of the enemy in 2023 and beyond in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you. We praise you ahead of time in Jesus' wonderful name. If you believe it, wherever you are, shout a loud amen. Put up fire, hands, whatever you got in the comments section and stand with me in believing it's already done. It's already done in Jesus' wonderful name. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.